Welcome to the podcast of the Sunday Celebration from the Center for Spiritual Living in Huntsville, Alabama. We hope you feel the grace, the beauty, and the love of our community as you hear the message of the week. the mindfulness bell and that beautiful Claire de Lune that Bob played, we invite our attention to move into that still place within, a place that's always there waiting for our attention. But all too often we get distracted by the world. So for this brief time together, let's place our attention on that sacred presence that is breathing us. One life. Last week in my Zen calendar, it said, let's not let the clock or the calendar blind us from the ultimate truth that all we have is the sacred moment. And the sacred moment is filled with miracle and mystery. But let's get curious. How is the miracle of life flowering in your consciousness with every breath? Have you thrown yourself into the mystery? And it's all the great mystery. And so we open ourselves to an expanded awareness that flowers within our being. And we become still and open and receptive to the grace of now. It's such a beautiful practice of surrender and trust. I release control and surrender to the flow of the love that will heal me. I chanted that a few weeks ago and it's been ingrained in my soul. I wake up in the middle of the night saying, I release control and surrender to the flow of love that will heal me that always heals me, restores me into balance, harmony, and a playful meeting of life. Take a deep integrating breath, ah, give a sigh for the divine, join with me in this experience of being present with what is. Isn't life the most amazing gift that we've been given? Yes, Matthew. And when we can embrace life in kind of a, a deeply accepting way, the deepest acceptance, it shouldn't look other than what it's looking. It's exactly perfect just as it is. And you know how you know that? Because it is. And so when life throws you these curveballs, could we? Ah, there's a curveball that life's throwing at me. Could I meet it with a sense, oh, I hadn't anticipated this. I mean, I did a memorial service yesterday that I truthfully couldn't remember the lady who had handwritten a will. I saw the will. 
I of sound mind, and then she wanted me to do this service at the old center, because she called it the old center's name, so that gives you an idea. It was over 20 years ago. We've been here 23 years. And um, she insisted that I do it, and I was more than happy to accommodate this family. And they had all these rules that the deceased wanted. And there was a lot of music in it, and Bob gracefully came down to see if he could assist me, because he didn't want me to have to do everything. I had to set up the stage, and then the room, and the tablecloth, and hey there. And yet it was one of the most healing experiences to see this family who had been estranged have one of those breakthrough catharsises. Is that a word, catharsises? They were all having these um, cathartic moments, shall we say. And I was just being present with this experience. And there was a histrionic little child throwing things over here. He's maybe three years old. His name was Atticus. And um, it was really kind of disturbing the whole room. And so I went and picked up the penguin and I handed it to the little boy. And all of a sudden, it was like a miracle. The moment had a miraculous resolve. He no longer had to throw his football across the room and he could just hold onto the penguin and look into his face. So uh, it, it's those little moments in life that you go, okay. And when they played that song, um, on a clear day, rise and look around you and you'll see who you are. Everybody's crying. So I went up and I took her photograph that was in the flowers and I held it. and. With their tearful eyes, they were touching her and kissing the painting as I spontaneously went around the room and all the kids gave their mother a kiss. And then I put the mother back in the thing and you gotta do what you gotta do when you're winging it and you don't know spirit's in charge. And then I realized, I guess my whole life I've surrendered to spirit. You know, you step out on the dance floor of life and you don't know what's gonna happen and you just, you cha-cha-cha with what is. So this month of September, I picked a theme that has been working on me. Even Rava said to me this morning, she said, you look like a preacher man today. And I said, okay, I guess I buttoned my shirt and this gives a little bit of a collar here and I'll try to play that role for you, Rava, even though I'm severely disappointed so many in this world, I've discovered. Um, people have expectations of other people and when those people don't meet those expectations, well, then they get mad at that person. And apparently, I have a few that are mad at me here, but that's okay because I'm embracing the mystery. My teacher used to say, you're not here to afflict the comfortable, or you're not here to comfort the afflicted, you're here to afflict the comfortable. So if you're not being disturbed by the truth, the truth is probably not getting to you. Mm. So, you know, it's so funny. The only problem any of us ever has is ourselves. And that's a loving thing you can say to yourself, because if I'm experiencing a deep sense of conflict within me, it's because somehow I'm in resistance to life and I'm making it a problem instead of an opportunity. So in this great mystery, this Sunday I'm talking about catching the hints. And this came from my Sufi teacher, Llewellyn Von Lee, who when I started studying with him and I thought I had all the answers, he said, our job is to be vigilant in life, to pay attention to the moment, because every moment is filled with potential and possibility for us to awaken to a deeper sense of self. And his latest book was called Spiritual Ecology, and it's called Hearing the Cries of the Earth. And he starts off this disturbing compilation of essays from some of the great minds on the planet with a quote from Thich Nhat Hanh. And the quote says simply, our greatest challenge as human beings is to hear the cry of our Earth when she's crying out. 
And so he premises this whole idea on the mystery of oneness, that we're not separate from this planet. And I thought it was really interesting at the beginning, he talked about where this estrangement happened. And it happened through Christianity when they decided that nature was the foundation of paganism. I think I found a little section in here where he talks about that that was so beautiful. Here it is. When early Christianity banished paganism and they cut down the sacred groves where they said was filled with the spirits, you know, they forgot about the nature divas, the powerful spirits and entities within nature who understand the deeper patterns and the properties of this natural world. So he says the problem all along is we've separated ourselves from this planet and we consider ourselves superior to it. So nature is not unfeeling nature. It is full of invisible forces with their own intelligence and their deep knowing. So we need to re-acknowledge the existence of a spiritual world within creation if we are even to begin the real work of bringing our world back into balance again. You know, I see so many of you out there trying to find balance in your own personal life, but how can we have balance if we can't have balance with our planet, if we're estranged from her? You know, there's a lot of talk about the cool mornings and how refreshing it is, but you know, I like the warm mornings. I'm kind of an old man. I get cold when it's 58 in the morning and I have to put on my sweater. And I'm one of those that kind of likes to lie in the sun when I'm chilly. Trey thinks I'm crazy, but you know. And I've, I've realized there's no bad weather. It's just weather. If it's rainy, it's a rainy day. If it's cold, it's a cold day. If it's hot, it's a hot day. Do you have air conditioning? Well, I think I do, and I have a fan. I can fan myself, so why? We did this funeral yesterday, and um, at the end, they wanted to release balloons. So they had celebration of life balloons, and we went out in the parking lot, and everybody's holding a balloon, and it's up in the air, and we're in the hot baking sun, and it's noon, and I was getting a little irritated because it was really hot standing in the sun as we're reflecting on mom. I say, it's time to set mom free because it's hot and a beautiful breeze just came and lifted the balloons up. I said, thank you, Jeannie. Have fun. (laughs) Only then can we regain the wisdom of the shamans who understand how to communicate and work together with the spirit world. You know, when I studied with the Incas, they talked about there's only one principle in the Inca spirituality, and that's called sacred reciprocity. And basically what that means is if you've been blessed in this lifetime, you owe it to the world to give back, to serve in some way. And they talk about energy, and they said there's not positive energy and negative energy, it's just energy. And then they said the higher forms of energy, they called it the sami. That would be the spiritual energy. So they would say, let's open to receive this higher vibration of energy all around. This is shamanic talk now. And then they said, the heavy energy that we carry around, you know that stuff that we hold inside here? They call it the hucha. And they say, you know who loves the hucha? Pachimama, the mother. And so they said in their spirituality, give your hucha to Pachimama. Go out in nature and offer your anger and your suffering and your frustration to the tree and let the tree, because Pachimama loves your hucha. So go take a spiritual dump in nature and release all your stuff and then drink in the sammy. Well, I'm just saying, it's another way of looking at life. So Llewellyn, um, one titch more of Llewellyn. I just love this man. He said, um, the Pomo Indians, no. While there may be a growing awareness that the world forms a single living being, 
what has been called the Gaia principle, we don't really understand that this being is also nourished by its soul, which is the anima mundi. So he talks about the soul within us and the soul within the world. The anima mundi is the soul within the world, and they're the same soul. It's what Emerson called the oversoul. So we're beginning to see this, this planet, this Gaia principle, as a sacred life form. And there's a beautiful book called um, The Story of Gaia by this uh, doctorate of quantum mechanics in Oxford University, an old lady. And she said, Gaia is waking up. And um, the sentience of Gaia is waking up too. So this planet is waking up. It's not a dumb planet. Could we learn to listen to it? Learn to listen to science, as my friend Anastasia said. What does science say about hell? I don't think science has hell. What do you think? The Gaia principle. We don't really understand that this being is also nourished by its soul, the anima mundi, or that we are part of that soul, part of a much larger being, a sacred being. And sadly, he says, we remain cut off. We remain isolated from the spiritual dimension of life itself. We have forgotten how to nourish or be nourished by the soul of the world. So go for a walk in nature. Sit under a tree and take your shoes off and go barefoot. You remember that beautiful metaphor when Moses was standing out and all of a sudden the bird, the bush was on fire. It's a beautiful myth, but it was not consumed by the flames. So he was beginning to see, Moses was beginning to see the light within creation. And then the voice said, take off your shoes, Moses, right where you stand is holy ground. Now, the the feet represent understanding metaphysically. So when you take off the shoes, you're taking off what separates you from a deeper understanding. So in that metaphor, when you take off your shoes and you acknowledge that right where you stand is holy ground, well, then what's going to happen? Well, I think then you're going to start to hear the voice of God speak to you in a way that's intimate to you, in a language that your heart and your soul can understand. Play with that one. And then Llewellyn would say, and catch the hints. When it gives you a message, can you be attentive enough to listen? I am opening, I am opening, my heart is ready to receive. And then you're going to be guided. Lastly, he says this, the Pomo Indian people of Northern California, they would weave baskets and the women would go out and they would pray over the grasses before they cut them. And then the basket was woven together, the physical and the spiritual part of it. All aspects of life were approached in this way, the warp and woof of the physical and the spiritual woven together in a single fabric of life that was never anything other than sacred. Well, there's a whole different way of approaching life then, isn't it? That it's all sacred, that every action that you do or don't do is a sacred action. It's so funny when I preach about oneness every Sunday, the universe always gives me these endless surprises. And at my, my front door every morning now at 5.30 is the little skinny cat that lives at the other end of the block. She manages to go and walk all the way over, sit on the front porch. She walks through the sprinkler that's on, so she's soaking wet, and she's, meow, meow. And I could have been a rat, a mouse, I don't care. When you hear that, meow, meow, and then you open the door, and she comes running in the house. What are you going to do? And then I get yelled from my sweet husband, get rid of the damn cat, you know, and I said, okay, you know, I'm preaching about oneness this Sunday, go back to bed. And um, I pick up the little carrier outside, and 
thought, okay, here's yet another beautiful opportunity for me to be endlessly surprised and to walk in wonder because she's not going to let me go. She's let me know that she's claimed her polyamorous relationship because she lives down the street, but the woman doesn't want the cat in the house. And the fact that it's a black cat reaffirms her belief system from childhood. In her culture, they didn't, uh, black cats were bad luck. So the poor little cat's going through some kind of a existential challenge. And, um, and she's chosen to take refuge on my porch. So um, I can either say this is an awful thing, or I can see that it's another gift that life's giving me to open my heart just a little bit further. You suppose all of life is like that? You know, that you see the homeless person when we were doing that, the letting of the balloons in the parking lot yesterday, a homeless guy was walking through the parking lot. I could tell he was homeless. And he walked right into the circle, wanted to be a part of it. And I just smiled and acknowledged him and let the balloons go and acknowledged him and life goes on. Who, who's going to know who's going to show up at your celebration of life releasing ceremony in a parking lot in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of now here? So it's all life. So are we hearing the cries of the earth? It's so funny. Once I read this, all of a sudden the universe is showing me on 60 Minutes that there is this company. What are they called? Um, um, I wrote it down. Um, no, I thought I wrote it down. Um, the World Central Kitchen. Have you heard of the World Central Kitchen? This lovely man goes where there's a disaster in the world and he feeds the people. So he was there right at the border of Ukraine where so many homeless people from the bombings of the Russians and he's out there feeding the people that don't have a place to go. And um, they went to Maui when they were struggling with their thing. And his whole purpose is to serve, to just feed people. And I thought, what a beautiful example of someone when there's a crying cat at his front door, he's right out there with a bowl of food. So could we ask ourselves, what is our commitment to step in when life gives us an opportunity to um, be that space of love that the world is crying for? It was my Zen calendar that quoted himself, the Buddha. Adam loves to quote this one. The Buddha says, you don't learn from experience. You learn from your capacity to experience. And what is our capacity to love? What is our capacity to heal? What is our capacity to enter into this vibration? Pam Hurdy spoke about in the recovery program. There are three things that she works with. She's a nurse in recovery. The first one is that um, we take refuge in the Sangha, or we take refuge in the silence. That's that beautiful still place within us. And you meet what arises, and, and the great healing is, is the healing of the, of the communal energy because we potentiate that sense of belonging to each other. And so to reference that, I pulled out um, Kabir Helminski, this lovely man that I traveled with through Istanbul to travel with the Sufis. And he talked about the alchemy of friendship, the alchemy of community. And he said it is required in order to expand our capacity to know this divine love, that we need each other to walk each other home. So here's how this beautiful Sufi talked about it. We're intending to awaken a capacity to see and to be present. The capacity to see. To see is not to look and describe what you see. No, to see is to see something deeper and also to enter into the present moment because that's where you're going to find the gift. Not someday I'll, or yesterday when, but now. 
So he says, ultimately, this capacity is going to lead to something quite extraordinary for all of us. Aside from ourselves and aside from who we think we are, ultimately, it is going to lead to a relationship with what could be called divine guidance. Now, Lee found divine guidance when he found this lovely lady named Nancy as a part of his Anamkara, his soul friend. So what if, when we open, ultimately it leads to a relationship with what we would call divine guidance, a relationship to what we would call wisdom, which is not intelligence, it's not knowledge. Wisdom comes from the soul. And the capacity to experience the source of cosmic love itself. Well, then you're just not looking for a fling. You know, you're looking for cosmic love. Well, it's kind of a big place to go, isn't it? Anastasia, you belong to a cosmic love. Holy cow. So then he goes on to say this. When we live in that reality and we are aware of that presence, then we are in a state of remembrance. And then you hear the sweet simplicity of the Sufi teachings. It's all about forgetting and remembering. When I forget who I am, I think there's a you and a me. When I remember who I am, I realize that we are one, that we're just one here. That's remembering. So it changes everything. We can realize that we're not just the content of our experience and go on endlessly about the stuff that's happened to you and what you think about it. No, no. We, we're also the beautiful context, which is a divine one, a purposeful one, and this is guiding us stage by stage to deeper and deeper truths. That's what Adam is feeling when he wants to go deeper into that which is arising, because this something that is awakening within us wants us to go deeper. This too is for me, to show am I operating from my soul's purpose or am I operating from an egoic sense of achievement and labeling and... Mm, you get to answer this question. All the heart wants is an expanding friendship. That's for you, Lee. All the heart wants is an expanding friendship with source, with other, with self, with nature. Hmm. The friendship of other conscious hearts who are that state of remembrance and in that state of coherence and resonance, that's how life will heal us. We need each other to bring each other home. So when we come together in a small, coherent community of like minds and like hearts, we potentiate this something that we all share, the mystery of belonging to the universe. Didn't he call it cosmic love? Holy cow. Could we know a love that's that big and not be always projecting onto form? Maybe this one, maybe this one, maybe this time I'll be happy, maybe this time he'll stay, maybe this time for the first time love won't hurry away. Oh, come on, wake up. Love is right here. And if you keep singing about him and her running away, you're going to have that as your reality. There's a bigger something that's trying to happen here. Transformation in friendship, accepting the truth that everything is pur purposeful, everything, and we're all friends of the friend with the big F. I, I love that. I circle that. We're all friends of the friend. And they refer to the beloved as the friend in Sufism. And so they would call, uh, they would say, we meet in the tavern of love where we drink the nectar of the beloved and we get drunk on the love that we all are. I mean, it's, it's, they use that word tavern. You're drinking on divine love, cosmic love. We're friends of the friend. 
And once you've had the friend with the big F as your goal, well, then everything is an aspect. We're all friends of the friend. Oh, it's kind of a bigger cosmic place, isn't it, Miss Mary? And then you don't find a place, you know, at the memorial service yesterday, they said to me in their crazy, confused, biblical sort of way, is our mom in heaven? And I said, of course she's in heaven. The heaven within and the heaven all around. But, you know, some people have still this, there's two possibilities. You know, there's a place called heaven where the good people go, and then there's a place called you-know-what, where those who are a little bit more controversial. And um, until until you, you evolve out of that myth, and that myth no longer exists, and then you say, ah, could we consider a greater way of looking at life that the Master teaches within us, and that we're here as expressions of divine love, whatever that might look like in your life. On my birthday this year, I was given a book by Wanda Gale, and uh, I think she's trying to tell me something. It was her teacher, James Twyman, and he wrote The Master Teacher Within. And throughout this book, every chapter is a poem about moving out of the egoic self, the self that's always looking to the world for its approval, ultimately to this final destination where you remember that you are that, that we are the beloved. And so I went to the very end of the book, his last poem. It's always good to read the last poem. Start at the ending and then go back and see if you can retrace your steps. He said, as you begin to see beyond the veil, and the veil is you, your perception, as you begin to see beyond the veil, you'll find the world you knew was, you find that the world you knew was but a tale, a mere projecting of the thoughts that you've held. Don Miguel Ruiz calls it the matote the dream that we've been living in. Anybody have awareness of the dream that you used to have and then the dream dies and it causes you to another dream? So could we realize those dreams are created by our consciousness? A mere projection of the thoughts that you hold, a world of mere illusions, bright and bold. But the true world lies in spirit's loving light. The true world lies in spirit's loving light. I said yesterday at the memorial service, you know, the Sufis say, when you come here, you come with light and love. And when you leave here, you take the light with you, but you leave the love behind. And so the true world lies in spirits, loving light. There's those two worlds again, where love and joy forever reign in sight. No joy can come from power, wealth, or gain, but true bliss can only come from what's the same. There's equanimity. It's all God. It's all good. There's not good or bad, right or wrong, dark or light. No, embrace it all. True bliss can only come from what's the same. So be present in this moment and fully aware of love and light that constantly ensnare. Embrace this world of spirit and its grace and in its loving arms, find your true place. Oh, I think he's wanting you to be held by cosmic love, don't you think? When I handed the penguin to that little boy, I think cosmic love came and that's sacred moment when he stopped throwing the football across the sanctuary and he let the love of the penguin look into his eyes and he just said yes. His last poem of the book. Yes, say yes to love and watch as your life transforms in ways that you could never have imagined. And it's all love. Remember, it's all light and love. So say yes to it. And then, this is for you, Anastasia. I said this at the funeral yesterday. Divine love brings together and maintains together in harmony and balance those who belong together. I have no doubt at all that divine love placed everyone here in this audience, every single one, 
except maybe that lovely lady that's sitting back there. But no, no, I won't exclude you because you have a beautiful smile. Divine love brought you all here and keeps bringing you back. Isn't that funny? So in the end, his last little poem, words fall short of this love's embrace. For love speaks for itself in every space. It is the answer to life's deepest quest, the force that holds the universe at rest. Well, I think it's all about love. What do you think, Miss Joey? She has a little black cat that hangs in her tree and he puts his paw down and pushes her hair when she walks underneath it. Divine love has a way of hanging out where it knows that it's going to meet love. With love as the essence of who we all are, your questions find answers that heal and star. Your questions find answers that heal. How might I let love into my life and star? The love's going to be the star of this next incarnation, this Anastasia, wherever it takes you. Love is in charge. Your questions find answers that heal and star. It binds us all like a powerful glue, transforming our lives into a world that's new. Anybody want a new life? Behold, I make all things new. We don't want retreads. Every day is a new day. We wake up and we get to say, I'm going to choose to see with fresh eyes that it's all here for me. And there's a great gift in this. There's a pony in here somewhere. So say yes. We have that lovely painting. A thousand times yes. Say yes to love in every way. And watch now as it guides you day by day. With true love as your guide, you'll never stray. For this love is the path to an eternal way. And then I put down here. So step out of the shadows and into the light where love shines and sets you free. Step out of the shadow and into the light where love sets you free to be who you are. So we started off by exploring living in and as the mystery this month. In the first week, I explored the idea of what's in the way is the way. So whatever shows up is the pathway for divine light to reveal itself. And then I talked about being endlessly surprised because when you wake up and you embrace life on life's terms, Things are going to show up. Yesterday's memorial service was the biggest surprise I've ever had. I was having a cathartic healing through all those tears that everybody was going through. I couldn't believe. Here's a woman I didn't even remember. I felt like she was living in me, and somehow she kind of possessed me. You talk about endlessly surprised. And then last week I talked about walking in wonder. What if it's the wonder is I, I life is an amazing mystery where you're going to attract these things that you holy. You know, when Jody talks about holding her grandbabies, I'm right there with you. I saw how she held Humphrey in her arms when she came to trim his nails. He melted in her arms just like a baby. So I know what babies do from watching him. And um, it's such a beautiful gift. And this week I'm talking about catching the hints. Be attentive to life. To remember music of life. I was walking in the garden and I was overwhelmed. I put on beautiful music because music has a way of soothing my soul. And all of a sudden, Claire de Lune came on Sunday afternoon, or whatever day it was, and I texted Bob. I said, I'm being lured by Claire de Lune. So he came and played it this Sunday morning. There's something about music will pull you into a place where you can catch the hints again. You know, when they played um, on a clear day, Rise and look around you and you'll see who you are. All of a sudden I said, I thought you were going to play. I can see clearly now the pain has gone. 
That sounds more like genie. I can see all the obstacles that were in my way. Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind. It's going to be. No, that to me is much more of a healing song than on a clear day. But anyway, I had to play by her rules. But my own songs came through. So Kelly and Bob are going to play is a little James Taylor song for us to shower the people you love with love. And we invite you all to join with us if you can remember those lyrics. Should we do a quick little uh, passing of the plate and then we'll sing this song and then we'll ring a bell. Miss Jan's back there. And we'll do a closing meditation after the song. Oh, the baskets are up here, Jan. So this is James Taylor. You can go ahead. And if you choose to sing with us, you're more than welcome. Aren't they cute? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
Thou are the people you love with love. It's Jody. We start with the bell and we return to the bell as we align ourselves to the sacred moment. And we catch the hint that life is offering us. Be who we are. We awaken the soul of the world, the anima mundi, by allowing the soul within us to awaken to our inner beings, our interconnectedness to the one life. As Thich Nhat Hanh would say, we inter are the one life. And so we open to the Sami, the rarefied energy of spirit. We let it flow through us as we practice sacred reciprocity, giving back from the wealth of our life to this life that we share all around us. And so we potentiate the healing through the wisdom of the heart, through remembering the truth that we are established in this divine love. And one glimpse of that presence, everything is illuminated. It only requires one glimpse of truth. And so we open to those mystical moments of realization. I see myself driving on Highway 1 in California. I'm a young man, and all of a sudden, on the radio, is Stevie Wonder. I don't want to bore you with it. Oh, but I love you, I love you, I love you. As you take my breath away, and looking at the scenery, I'm falling into the oneness with nature. Stevie Wonder is singing to me, and I'm stopping the car. And I'm thinking, okay, this beauty that takes my breath away is always there. But sometimes I don't see it because I get distracted by the hucha of life. So now I give my hucha, my heavy energy to Pachimama, to this divine love that's all around me. Huh. And I find that I'm restored to balance, to harmony. As I shower the people with love, I am showered with love because I'm not separate. And I don't just reserve this to the people. I let it rain down on all creation as the one life, being seen, being loved, being revealed. The mystery of life with its miracles, showing us every day what a glorious adventure we've been given here on planet Earth. And so a new way of seeing is arising within us, a new way of being on planet Earth, one of a steward, but there's a sacred responsibility to serve each other, to serve the one, to serve the peace, to serve life within us and all around us. Truly, this is the kingdom of heaven that's within and all around. And now we celebrate it by becoming teachers of love, teachers of life. And we feel that beautiful cosmic yes of divine love that's embracing us right now, showering us with love. That felt awareness. I invite you to place your hands on your heart and join with me in the heart salutation by saying, I honor you. I respect you. I love you. You are the emerging presence of divine love the illuminating presence of truth the guiding light of 
wonder as we revel in supreme awe, majesty and wonder of it all. And we say, I have arrived, I am home. Catching the hint of every day and saying yes. We witness you. We celebrate you. We honor you. We are you. Drink it in. Take a deep breath. And there's Julian of Norwich would say, all is well and all shall be well. All is well and all shall be well eternally. And so it is. So we have our breaking bread Sunday next Sunday. Bring a dish. Plan to stick around. Oh, and next Saturday, beloved Pam Hurdy is going to be doing uh, a, a, a workshop from 10 to 11.30 where we celebrate the autumnal equinox, and she's just retiring from her long career as a, um, a nurse, and so this is a new beginning for her ministry to flower, so you're all invited. It should be a lot of fun. Expect um, a miracle, because she's kind of a miraculous soul in my life. So anyway, enjoy this beautiful weather. listening to our podcast. For more information, please visit www.cslhuntsville.org.